side there, the big don't argue. Get off me, he says. Clear the tarmac, it's takeoff time. Media Vintage Sports Network presents Play by Play podcast with Jordan Hughes. Alrighty, welcome back. We are ready to go. 2024 Play by Play podcast, rugby edition on the back of the success of the Rugby World Cup coverage. The boys have got involved once again and we're going to touch on everything around the rugby globe and everything in between plenty of nonsense along the way jordan hughes is my name and joining me once again will be a big year for these boys on the field as well tyler campbell rian stowers welcome back fellas looking forward to it best rugby podcast in australia i'm excited to see what we can produce this year uh reet mate a bit of a walking wounder there what's going on yeah i've been better so how do you play league eh? yeah nah trying to be a hero in the corner good dive though look good look good Felt bad. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty then. Um, so I, I, we haven't done this since the World Cup. Obviously, it's been a bit of an off season and summertime. Um, what's been going on? How's how's life, boys? Anything exciting? Oh, nothing too bad. And I know we talked about any stories. I reckon big one, sort of, since we last did a potty was um, Bond Sevens getting the dub at State Cup. And uh, my man to my left here, probably a player of the tournament up there. So that's yeah. a big one for us. Remember quoting him? Oh, I'm not playing Sevens. Not doing it. He gets the few games in. Yeah, he's the hero once again. Too hard to watch, eh? I'm going <laughs> to struggle at the moment. Like, I've been training so much. Um, I've actually started focusing on my diet. Oh. Yeah. But now I'm injured. Watch out, QPR. Lovely. Uh, and on that, obviously, both committed to the Bull Sharks once again in 2024. Very exciting. Obviously, new coach at the helm. And this podcast, we'll talk about a bit of Queensland Premier Rugby as we go. It's pretty relevant in all our lives, so that'd be good. But I want to touch on this quick before we get into it. Tyler's recommitment, just, you know, a normal guy will tell the coach, oh, I'm going to be back for, for 2024. All good. But Ree, when things a bit different, I don't know if you saw on the Instagram, he, um, he announced his arrival uh, in the best way I know how. Get off in the sea, the bull shark. Uh, Ree, talk me through this one. Uh, well, <laughs> I don't know what to say. He I thought his drinking. diet was working. Uh, we weren't drinking and uh, thought might as well go for a beach swim to start the new year. And that, that, that was your way to tell the fans, I'm back, ready to go out the canal. Yep. You're looking sharp, though, looking a bit shredded. Yeah, not anymore. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't leave that one alone. All righty, we'll get into it. Um, of course, there's been a big big sort of rugby news. Um, Super Rugby is just around the corner. Six Nations kicks off tomorrow. A uh, number of Super Rugby trials as well over this weekend. And I want to touch on, firstly, the Perth Sevens last weekend. Um, really exciting, really good. I think a successful weekend. Both Australian teams making the final. What'd you make of it? Shout out to Hayden, eh? He's been killing Sarge it the last has been two. Killing it. Facts, he played really well. Um, I think he was hard done by probably not to be in that sort of team of the tournament. But if we're looking at that sevens as a whole, how good are Argentina at the moment? Holy. Unbelievable, <laughs> like, They've got guys that are quick. They've got guys that are big. They've just, I know last year, they I think they made like seven finals and couldn't crack one mm. or cracked one at the very end. And then this year they've come in in such good form and they are dominating at the moment. Like they're looking good going, coming into an Olympic year. They're oh, massive, eh? For a sevens team, their forward pack is but, huge like, and they're so rapid. Fed. Yeah, Like, it's ridiculous. And they've got a good lead now on the leaderboard. I was stoked for the men to get there as well. It was a big that semi-final beating Fiji. And as you said, Sarge is carving up, which yeah. is great to see. And then on the flip side, like, obviously the girls are doing really, really well, but you got to feel for them with some of these cards. And Yeah, what do you make of all that? Uh, look, it is harsh. Like, you got to feel for Maddie for someone that's really tall like that and that's two red cards and two tournaments. And I know she's hurting, so... You know, I think she's just got a little adapt to that 
sort of body height, but it, it's, it's see, getting ridiculous. It's the it's the last minute dip. You see it a lot. And they're not doing it across the board, and they're getting pinged straight away. But like sevens is harder again to do it because yeah, you are so 100%. tired. You're on an island, like you're isolated either way, and you got to try and keep you know stay up as long as you can. And sometimes you do get it slightly wrong, but I just feel like if you if you get someone that's a genuine red, like surely they're going on for HIA and something's going on because people are just starting to milk it and try, trying to milk these cards and it's kind of slowing the game down a little bit and I'm not the biggest fan of throwing out a red for sort of tackles that aren't uh, malicious. Yeah. Like if you code hanger someone or it's a swinging forearm, yeah, fair enough, but it's just the warrant of if I throw a punch, it's the same amount of games if I make a mistake in a tackle and accidentally clip someone in the head. Well, of course, they lost Matty and they lost Tegan as well. Uh, Tarita was injured, so they were wounded all weekend. Yeah. Uh, what would you make of the women? Yeah, I think, like, touching on what Tyler said, it's just getting too hard, especially in sevens. If you commit too early, you're going to get beaten. Oh. So, like like you said, you try to stay up as long as you can so that, you know, you can read this, the play that they're going to do and then you're going for a tackle and you just clip someone's head and then it's timing out. just like ruins the game. Yeah. And it never looks good in slow-mo. Yeah, like if you does. watch, like Tegan's one's a great example. If you watch, she comes up, makes it look like it's a ball and all sort of tackle and, you know, goes to get over the ball and they call a call a card for it because like, they slow it right down. It looks like the shoulder might have hit first. It might have been the chest and they give a red. And Yeah, it's just, I don't know, it's something that I think World Rugby needs to sort out because it's becoming a bit too much at the moment. And obviously, full credit to the Irish, though. They play really well. Uh, yeah, first, first win as well. First tournament win? Yeah. Oh, good on That's, yeah. A few girls on that side actually played for Bond back in the day. Stacey Flood, um, Evie Higgins, they were Bondies back in the early Aeon days. So good to see them having some success. Um, obviously, the Kiwis teams, boys, not great on both sides. Uh, what's going on there? Um, I know the men's have a new coach. So yeah. it could be a feel out period. And uh, I'm isn't hoping. It Tomasi. Yeah, yeah so he was assistant before, and then the head coach, I so think, has gone to the Canes. Yeah, oh, the okay. head, yeah, head coach is uh, what's his name? It's going to piss me off this whole potty now. But yeah, he's moved on to the Canes and taken the top job there. So a bit of a feeling out job. I think there's a bit of, there's a few injuries throughout their sort of squad at the moment. And I know a few of their boys are coming back from injury and playing for Matakesi and the Fiji and Sevens and Hamilton this week. So hopefully we can see some of those boys come back in and New Zealand can start to improve because as we said, it's an Olympic year and I think everyone's eyes are on the gold at the moment. And just quickly before we move on, uh, obviously first time in Perth, it looked, the atmosphere looked awesome. The coverage was really good on stand, I thought. How do you sort of see it over there, uh, Reid? Yeah, I think we need to get more rugby over there, eh? Because it's sort of dying over here on the East Coast. Just they get falling, around it, don't yeah, they? Yeah, it's falling behind all the other sports over here. I think Western Australia is probably a good place to start back up again. I think it sort of comes back to they never should have got rid of the force the years they did because... Yeah. I think it is that the only professional sort of sports team out there. Besides AFL, yeah, besides AFL, like there's no league market out there at the moment, no. and you see a lot of people flooding in to watch. And it's not just the sevens; even the force games are quite packed. Yeah. And obviously Twiggy's over there too, and he's got the sort of dollars in his pocket to keep funding and keep building Perth rugby. So, you know, hoping we can keep them around and sort of keep building it because if they build up, hopefully it builds up the East Coast again as well. And I hope we can take the pod there next next January. Take the boys there. Wouldn't that be a good little weekend? Yeah, trip, I'm, I'm here for it. That'd be yeah, unreal. If you want to sponsor us, we'll start a GoFundMe page. <laughs> yeah, we'll work on that. Um, so, yeah, anyway, Perth 7 is a success. Um, so now we get into the 15 side of the game. Some more news. We finally have a coach, the Wallabies, Joe Schmidt, two-year deal with Rugby Australia. Um, yeah, a bit of a legend in his own right. Good signing? I think so. Uh, it's going to be hard for any coach to just come in after yeah. what's happened and then try and make an immediate impact but like look at what he did with Ireland he made them like 
a strong contender for all the years that he was coaching them. And, yeah, I think you just got to give him time. Yeah, exactly. Like, he's obviously, his sort of record proves that he's a quality coach. Um, as Rian said, you saw what he did with Ireland, how he started sort of their development systems and sort of built through and the new coaches come in and the talent sort of flooded through over the years and it sort of built them into a strong, you know, world-class team. And then even when he came in with the All Blacks sort of, I think it was two years ago when they were struggling um, and become an assistant coach under Fozzie, again, he sort of changed the dynamic of that All Black team and you go and make a World Cup final where people probably weren't expecting us to get past the quarters. So obviously he's got that and I know I was big on Aussie not taking another Kiwi coach. Mm. I was hoping for sort of a Stephen Larkin, but once I heard they actually got sort of the interest from him and signed him, I was like, that's a that's a great signing. I think it was the best option. that hundred percent. And I think he's going to probably annoy some people because he's going to want to change things. And I'm hoping sort of Phil Wall stepping up as well. Um, sort of they work together and they can sort of build those development programs and build everything because the end goal now is sort of the 2027 World Cup. Like I wouldn't expect results in the next 12 months. But sort of, if they can work together and build it up, then hopefully Aussie can be a contender come 2027. Interesting, he only signed obviously a two-year deal to the Lions tour. So hopefully he's a success and we can keep the same guy into the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, and on your side, obviously Scott Robertson will take over as well. The All Blacks began his campaign, so they've had their first sort of gym sessions and getting amongst it. Uh, so new coaches everywhere, right? Yeah, I think it's well overdue. I think most of the New Zealand public has been waiting for him to take over the All Blacks. So... He's he's definitely made his mark in Super Rugby, that's for sure. Yeah. Did you see the video of um, Fletcher Newell? He did his testing. He ran a four fifty a four fifty four Bronco. Yeah. With a, at one hundred and thirty kilos, and then squatted two hundred and sixty kilos the next day. Holy! Like that. Like he's he doesn't look like an athlete, but that is a freak athlete. This is in January too. Like, this, like yeah, this is early doors. So Jesus, yeah, sure that was a big I shot. Um, a sophomore more. The one one ninety five bench. Yeah. Just weapons, eh? Is he Caleb Clark? He's hammies too. The I don't know, you know, the beginning. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He goes all the way down, <laughs> yeah. eh? Man, athletes. Um, and speaking of uh, across the pond, uh, the Reese Zemet, uh, the Welsh winger, having to crack the NFL. Uh, he's got plenty of pace. How do you see it playing out? What is he going there for? He's Wide to, receiver. So I think that's, so. That's yeah. in training at. That's so, what we're trying to work out. That's the. So it's how it's like inter- NFL international pathway program. Now he's trying to get onto a practice squad. I feel like he would have to go for running back. I think he'd been training at both. What I've yeah, seen. wide receivers in the NFL are just next level athletes. Like he's starting from scratch. Too. Yeah, there's not many p- people that can compare to like their agility and mm. explosiveness. Watching all their games is stuff they do it's, it's not just that either like there's obviously so many athletes over there like we watch a lot of college ball jordan you see like marvin harrison coming out in this draft like players like that but it's the route running and the being able to read zones and pop up at the yeah. right place like you're not going to learn that in the next two or three months like he's if he's going to be a wide receiver his only things really just yeah you're going to be on a streak you're going to be a deep threat yeah. go downtown and yeah. you know the whole catching is a bit different too like those over the shoulder catches why they don't look spectacular, they are hard to do. Oh, when you're a bull belt that yeah. way yeah. and you lose all and your you peripherals and yeah. people are coming, like, they're not easy catches. And, you know, that's something those guys work when they work on their craft from there when they're about 12 years old. So, you know, I wish them the best. And I, I do know there's a market for the NFL now sort of reaching out to league players and rugby union players. I know there's a couple of Aussie players that are actually in the mix. 
Yeah. I won't name names just in case <laughs> I get in a bit of trouble. So we could see a, a few more sort of start to head over there in the sure. next sort of couple of years. And, you know, you can't blame them a chance to sort of earn no. millions of dollars. And especially if you're, if you're on the attacking side because yeah. then you don't have to make another t uh, tackle for the rest of your life and you just chill on the, chill on the attack. <laughs> Come on, have a quick rest. I hope it goes well. Um, so, yeah, plenty of news there. And then on the documentary front, there's plenty of docos coming out. The Wallaby one behind the scenes of the Rugby World Cup comes out on stand in end of February. That would be really interesting to see. I was saying before, how, how negative do they go with it? Do they keep it a bit chill or they actually really let loose? Um, what do you reckon about that one? I think they'll probably let loose. There's not many positives to take out of it other than, you know, young guys getting a crack at the mm. World Cup. But apart from that, like, I would love to see a sort of raw, uncut sort of version of it. Like, really I, I want to see the sort of emotions and sort of see what was going on in that camp. Like, as a rugby fan, you're really interested because they had a lot of heat on them. They had a lot of heat from the media. And then on the flip side of that, like, we've heard a lot of players come out talking about Eddie and obviously knowing a few of the boys too. Like, they actually had a lot of respect for him and a lot of what they were doing. Like, we see Nongzi this week talking about his uh, the one-on-one uh, scrum work he was doing. And look at him. He's a hell of a and how much, player now. how much he's improved. So, obviously, it's probably going to shed some light on to how his coaching actually was. So, I'm I'm really intrigued to see how it is, and I hope it's not manipulated in a way that makes sort of Eddie look like a terrible person. Or Yeah. I'd like to just see an uncut, raw version, see exactly what's going on, and sort of, you know, hopefully build some interest in rugby because people are going to want to see it and see, like, you know, you see it with the Six Nations one at the moment, um, how much that's growing, and it gives you those insights into what it's like to be a professional rugby player at test level. Uh, yeah, you mentioned Six Nations, Doco. Uh, have you seen much of it? What are, you, what are your thoughts? Ray's pretty passionate about <laughs> not, not a fan, mate, not a fan. I thought that the first episode was awesome. Like, I was really intrigued, and then I don't know if it was the second or third episode, um, they're talking to the Italian number eight, I think, and he's just... Big Nagari or whatever. He's just w complaining about, <laughs> oh, I got a concussion, can't find my aggression again. He goes to a lunch date with his girlfriend and they're b both about to start crying. They're like, oh, I thought you were dead. No, he's showing his emotions, bro. Come oh, on. But like, <laughs> like we're playing rugby. Like, People like you are the problem, mate. <laughs> like, like you ever played rugby? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you ever played rugby? No, but like seriously, like it just it just seemed like it was just doing too much to try, you know, like sell our sport as violent. Like our sport is violent, yeah. but like, bro, it's just, it's a concussion. Everyone gets concussed when you play rugby. Yeah, right. And like, obviously everyone understands the sort of, implications and Why are you all laughing the, <laughs> all, the, <laughs> all the study that's come out with sort of cte and stuff so i understand that side of it but if you truly love the game and you truly want to be out there like you take those risks and obviously there's laws in place that we just sort of covered to sort of help l limit those um concussions and stuff but when you've got some of the best athletes in the world running full tilt into each other and trying to smash each other like that's just part of the game but that's sort of i think why we love it so i see where rian's coming from and then in terms of the doco itself, like I've only watched the first episode and a bit of the second one. I'd, it's uh, very well done. It's well done. And I hate to say this, like the Six Nation, it's the oldest sort of international comp in the world. It's probably the biggest in terms of support and mm -hmm. fan base. And you sort of see the pressure. And the if you look at the ones with uh, Finn Russell and Marcus Smith. Yeah, like, and the camp, eh? And the camp and how it's much pressure on. is being put on them. And 
that sort of stuff makes you sort of respect those players more. And yeah. it probably made Finn Russell come across a little bit arrogant. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Eh? I was like, holy shit, he's an arrogant <laughs> yeah. ass. Like, but, but when you watch him play, he sort of plays like that because but he has as, to. As you know, as a 10, you've got to have a bit of confidence, a bit of moxie. Yeah, about really? like, definitely. And the stuff he pulls off, like we've talked about him before, like he pulls off stuff that other people can't on a rugby field. And if you don't have the confidence to do that, yeah. you're never going to try it. And you know, it was full respect to those tens because that was a big match, and that was Scotland. I think was it their first win Scotland. at like Twickenham or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was first win at Twickenham. Yeah. And like, and then you watch the next week, and he goes out and he rips Wales to pieces, and it just shows you like how much work goes into being at that point mm. within a training week. And I don't think a lot of people see that, and a lot of people respect that. Like mm. even in the losing team, you saw how much Marcus Smith was doing. Yeah, and he loses, and the media crucifies him, but oh, he's not doing this, not. They don't actually see the work he's put in and things didn't come together yep. and to cop all that heat. So I, I think it's really good. And I did see somewhere that it was top, like it was a top three show in um, the Great, what was it called? Great Britain, the UK. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was first in Ireland and it was oh, it's great top four in France. And it's just like this stuff grows the game and seeing that sort of emotion and how much people actually want to put on their country's jersey, like it's just going to help sort of, uh, grow that fan base and keep growing rugby. So I was a big fan of sort of that sort of side of things. And finally, there's one more you probably haven't seen yet. Uh, whistleblowers about the referees the World Cup on Rugby Pass. came out a few days ago. So it's behind the scenes of what it's like to be a referee at the World Cup and the criticism they cop and the death threats. You should watch it. It was a, probably the best of lot. It was really good. Should, should I watch it? You should watch it. You probably should learn <laughs> it. Was, um, yeah, it's pretty full on. Like you, These guys, Wayne Barnes referees, and then getting death threats. I'll kill your kids. I'll kill you. Like, yeah, that's it's, a bit full it's on. It's full on. Um, but yeah, really, really well done by Rugby Pass as well. So check that one out. Um, who, who are the people that are doing that? Yeah, disgusting. Yeah, like, like, I've been angry at refs. Like, yeah. We all know that, but there's nothing. I've never ever met yeah. anyone in the like rugby community who was like, I'm going to kill this ref yeah. <laughs> well they said at the end of it uh, World Rugby's become the first organisation to be able to prosecute people doing that yeah. ever. so these guys are getting done which is good yeah that's fair enough it'll get it out of the game what yeah. annoys me is it's never the players like I've no of course well, we know I've given a ref a spray but normally after a game I'll go over and say yeah, good work mate sorry like even though you know I might not have agreed with a couple of calls but he's there doing a tough job and obviously heat of the moment passion everyone's sort of into each other and he's got a you know a big job to do and we can't play without refs so I'd like to know which fans and mm. if these people have actually played high-level sport to Probably sort not. of to make those calls and definitely make Europeans. those messages. Yeah, like, some old fat white on his keyboard. Yeah, just, yeah. Like, yeah it's just so like how he, what warrants you saying that to someone when you've probably never played high-level rugby or been a referee at a high level. Yeah. Um, anyway, so we'll get into rugby. Obviously, Super Rugby is just around the corner, so we'll do a full preview on that in the weeks to come. But today we'll focus a bit on Six Nations Week one, which begins tomorrow. Uh, Ireland versus France, boys. Uh, France are the heavy favourites to win the tournament. Ireland versus France, once again, meeting in in uh, Marseille, I believe. Uh, $2.35, the Irish, $1.57, uh, the French, the Lions, three and a half. Plenty of changes on both sides. Um, for me, this is sort of the final. Mm. Like, I know it's only round one, but I think the team that sort of wins this goes through and wins the Six Nations, and... You look at both sides, obviously the French, uh, they lose the point, they lose their captain, which yeah. I think is a big loss. That's and then a massive huge. loss. Irish on the same sort of thing, they lose Sexton, who's been there 10 for the better part of the last sort of 10 years. So um, they've got some young talent coming through on both sides, so it'd be interesting to sort of see those players step up. And it's always interesting after a World Cup because you get to see sort of the new talent, the old heads start to retire, 
and you start to see, okay, who these young players coming through and they get their chance. So I'm really looking forward to this whole tournament with this game. I think this is going to be a cracker and I'm actually really interested to see how um, Tuolangi goes. At second, row, the f- yeah. uh, second row for the, for the off French. Bench? Off bench? Uh, I haven't actually looked if he's yeah. on the bench or starting. I think he got called in or something. But he's 150 kilos. Jesus. Another Tuolangi oh, thing. he's a lock? Yeah. yeah, he's massive. But he's tall. He's like 6'6", 150. Like, he is massive. God. Um, so the Irish got four changes since their last side of the World Cup that lost to your mob in the quarterfinals. Uh, the 24-year-old Jack, Jack Crowley, he's the new man in the 10 jersey. Nine caps under his name. Um, obviously big shoes to fill. He's up. been great for months to the last couple of years. Yeah. So He finally gets his chance. I reckon he'll go well. Yeah, so do I. I. I think he's obviously got the talent and he's still got a lot of experience around him. So when you've got that as a 10, it definitely helps that you don't have to make all the decisions yourself. Yeah. Um, I didn't see his bunny key. I'm playing eh? Uh, I didn't really, I think it was named. You got terrible reception here. I can't pull yeah, up. Yeah, hold on. Oh, okay. I think he was named. I'm sure it's him versus uh, Jonathan Dante in the 12 jersey. Because Henshaw's at 13, I believe. Um, and the big one too, Mac Hansen is not playing. He's all injured. So oh, yeah. Bundy Aki's named in... Is it 12? He's 12, eh? Yeah, yeah. Okay. He's playing 12. Yes, he'll be a beast. Uh, Mac Hansen, Calvin Nash comes in on the wing to replace him. Uh, and on the French, we look at them. Obviously, you mentioned DuPont gone. Uh, Luce, Lucu or something? Lucille? He's the number nine. Uh, but still got Ramos, Peno. Um, Still a quality fickle. side, yeah. And I think with both these teams, the reason I reckon this is going to be a cracker is both these teams didn't perform how they wanted to perform at the World Cup, yeah. and they've had the last sort of what four or five months now to sort of dwell on that and haven't had a chance for redemption. So I think they're both going to come out cracking, and I think the team that sort of settles down first and it's obviously going to be a bit of rust because they haven't played together for a while. Yeah. Team that settles down first and gets into their processes. It's probably the team that's going to put their best foot forward to win the game. So, who, where do we lean? Reef, start with you. Um, I'm going to lean with the French. I just love their style of play, and I'm really excited to see them play again, eh? Yeah, they'll be like pretty fired up, I reckon, home World Cup to bear. Yeah, try score, I reckon, the hooker. Okay. Ooh. Yeah, right. Just rolling more over the, on the back? Or what? He, he was a freak in the World Cup. He was unreal. Agility as well. Oh, he was ridiculous. He was so good. Mm. How young is he? Got to be pretty young. I've actually got no idea. Yeah. He's, he's a hooker. He can play till he's 40. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, I had the French down here as well. Um, and then obviously Damien Pinard yep. to score. Like he just knows his way to the try line. And I think obviously DePoint's a big loss, but I still thought the French played pretty well at the World Cup when he was out with the uh, facial fracture. Yeah. So I, I still think, you know, they're going to get rolling. And I think they've got sort of the least amount of big changes in their squad. Yeah, I agree. I like Jalabair at 10 and Dante as well outside, and they're strong. Uh, yeah, I like France. France minus three and a half. Um, one, a few points as well, so I'm going to take the over 45 and a half. Um, and yeah, I like Penno to score as well. He's electric down the edge. Uh, all right, next up, the Welsh taking on Scotland. Uh, the Welsh $2.25. Scotland, the favourite, $1.62. The Lions, two and a half. This game is in Cardiff. Two sides. Well, Wales had a tremendous World Cup. Scotland, not so much. How do we see it? While Wales did have a good World Cup, I think Scotland weren't that bad. They were just in the pool Tough of pool, like yeah. you got South Africa and out and Ireland. Like, what do you mean Wales had Australia in the pool? Um, next <laughs> question. <laughs> no comment. Um, no, but like the thing with the Welsh is they've actually had a big turnover of players as yeah. well. Like they've just named a new captain who's twenty-one years old, and I think it's sort of how they perform is going to depend on sort of gets and. 
if he can bring that sort of World Cup philosophy that they had where they just focus solely on defence. Um, they were so good defensively at that World Cup, sort of slowing the game down and sort of making their tackles. So I, I expect something similar, but Scotland, I think, will be hurting from that World Cup and I think they come out firing and I think we're going to see another Finn Russell masterclass. Yeah. Yeah, Finn Russell, the captain. I saw uh, Sione Tupolotu, former Rebels. He's a vice-captain this weekend as well. Vice-captain. Yeah, so he's really stepped up, which is cool to see. He's been killing it, eh? He's like, been great. And he's all been the, so good. All his club and stuff. Mm. There's so many highlights of him just running amok. And then Hugh Jones at 13. I reckon he's an absolute beast. Big fan of him. Um, on the Walsh side, uh, Sam Cotterslow is the 10. Don't know much about him. New guy coming in for them. Um, but Adams and Dwyer on the wings. Plenty of speed out wide. Uh, picks I'll, I'll go Scotland here mm. um, I think I just think they've got a lot more talent uh, They're a little bit more experienced um, I've, I've liked sort of the growth I've seen Out of Finn Russell the last sort of 12 months And you know obviously you talked about In the doco as baby and how it sort of Humbled him down a little bit yeah. So I, I think a big performance from him And if I had to pick someone to score What's that The South African winger that plays for Scotland Oh yeah, he broke uh, the record for Vandemover? most. Yeah, I, he, I think he dots down like yeah. that. I remember this, this game last. Oh no, it was the English game where he scored that ridiculous solo try. Yeah, yeah. Like he he broke Brian O'Driscoll's record for most defenders beaten in a Six Nations competition. Like, and I think he'll go close to beating it again this year. Like, he just keeps getting better every week. So mm. I expect him to dot down for one, if not maybe even two. Man, team for team, I don't really know much about Scotland and Wales. Get a better understanding as the tournament goes on, but just like based off my heart, I want Scotland to do well, Finn Russell to do well, because when he's when he's playing good rugby, it's so entertaining. Yeah, he's the man. So Scotland, a close yeah. one or anything? Yeah, close. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I like the Scots too. Uh, I can go in there, and do a job. Uh, I like Hugh Jones to score too from close quarters. And, yeah, hopefully the Scots can get off on a good run. And then finally, Italy taking on England. This one is in Rome. Uh, Marcus Smith ruled out no Farrell. George Ford steps in. The line's 15 and a half. England's strong favourites, as you'd expect. Uh, yeah, just going to be simple math or something? I, I think it will be simple math. Um, I don't think Italy can win the tournament, but I do think they'll upset someone in this tournament. Yeah, I just think they've been so strong the last sort of couple of years in their 18s and 20s. It's Their young talent's got to start coming through at some point. And I hope sort of we start to see that because if, if they get stronger, again, that's that sort of second tier, sort of lift all that middle tier, getting closer to the top tier, and it just makes for competitive rugby. So I do expect them to get a um, to be a little bit more competitive this year. They've obviously got some good young fellas. What's the fullback's name? Campazio. Uh, Tommaso Allen. Oh, is he on this? this week? You're thinking of, yeah, he's on the wing. On the wing. Like, we talked about him at the World Cup, how talented he is. Um, like he's another one coming through for them, so. Montiuani's on the wing as well. Montiuani playing? Yeah. Like, yeah. There you go. There's some talent sort of across that Italian side, so hope to see them sort of improve and keep improving. Um, but, yeah, I think England still gets the job done here. Like, as much as oh, Marcus Smith's out, Owen Farrell's out, George Ford is still a proven test footballer. Good. We saw him in that first game last year, I think. Where he kicked all those penalties against Argentina, yep. like he's still got the sort of skills to lead that English team round. And the only thing for them is, I think, new captain this year, um, a few changes, but I think they got most of their squad back. So I think they keep improving. Um, Italy, your 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 man Sebastian uh, Negri, he's playing uh, the concussion guy. He's excited. What's your man? <laughs> oh, who's gonna win, mate? 
Have you have you do you like know him as a player? Have you seen him much? I didn't know he was till I saw the document. Yeah, neither. <laughs> we, um, I swear we're rugby fans. Yeah, totally. yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that England will definitely get the job done. Um, I don't know how entertaining this game will be purely because England are playing in it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, England, and I think they'll win by a fair bit. But I was just looking. You see how Alice Genge is a vice captain on the bench. Is he? Is there, is there a vice on the field? Or not? Yeah, well, it's got vice captain next to his name. Yeah. Right. yeah. Is that for if both of them go off? Uh, must be. Yeah. That's a different one. Thanks he's a gun. Much. He's in that documentary as well. He was good. His, yeah. his story's a good one. Yeah, his Obviously. story's good. Oh, even that um, Italian guy, his story, mm. like from where he came, like Zimbabwe, and yeah, now they had to leave. Yeah, good save, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like England to win. I don't mind Italy plus it's 15 and a half. They keep it close, maybe, if Monty and... Uh, Tommaso, they sort of stand up, so I'll take them plus the points and see what happens there. But they, they are none from 30 versus England since 1991, so you'd think that'll end how you'd expect. Where's the game being played? In Rome. So it'd be passionate. That helps them a little it bit does, as well. for sure. Um, and finally, uh, who wins the whole thing, boys? What's your picks on that for the tournament? I think France. Yeah, I, I, I'm on the French. I think, as we said, this first game, I think, will sort of dictate who wins the tournament between uh, the French and Italy. And I think the Battle of the 12s in that game... You know, Aki was unreal at that World Cup. Um, even Dante was pretty good at that World Cup coming off a, a niggly hamstring. So whoever wins that sort of game line battle and that battle there goes pretty close to helping their team win it. But I, I do think the French get up on this first game and I think they cruise the rest of the Six Nations and get the dub. French? Yeah, French. I think those Six Nations is a competition that's always full of surprises. There's always upsets in this comp. But I reckon this is probably the closest that I've followed through because of the World Cup, obviously. Mm. So, yeah, I think that the French were just... Their style of play in that World Cup was unreal. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty hard to go past them. They're $2.10 to win the whole thing. Uh, if you want a bit of a roughie, England $6.50, bit of value there. I think they'll be all right. I reckon yeah. they'll push. Yeah, they'll always be good, England. Um, and we saw they performed pretty well at the World Cup. So And I, they get the rub of the whistle. <laughs> oh, you reckon? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, worth a sprinkle there as well on them. Um, yeah, so that's sort of how week one looks for Six Nations. As I mentioned, Super Rugby in a few weeks' time. Trial matches get underway this weekend. Um, New Zealand teams over in Japan, which is pretty cool, doing a cross-border thing. Uh, Suntory versus the Blues. The Wild Knights versus the Chiefs. Uh, have you been following much of the preseason over there? What's been happening? Um, I've watched a few of those top league games. Mm. Uh, they've been pretty good. And obviously the quality of footballers that are there, and it's not like, necessarily players like yes they're at the end of their careers but they played in a world cup four or five months ago yeah and they're all world much, class they all went, then went to japan like you see uh peter steph detoy you see Bowden barrett you know richie mwanga oh, you see in the matchups that you normally only see Jeslin in colby Jeslin yeah. Col- like you see these matchups normally in a sort of world cup or an international game and now we're getting these matchups you know out on a normal set day and you see those players sort of stepping up and it's been and it's pretty good footy to watch because there is a sort of difference in level of players at points like there's players that come from our comp that are starting for Sun Goliath this this year mm, yeah um and then they get to go up next to like a player like Artie Savia did anyone see him whack that Japanese follow 
They made like a full anime thing on the top league thing. It was pretty <laughs> cool to watch. Yeah, right. Check it out. I think it's good, hey. The highlights that are coming from that, like if I'm just scrolling through my Instagram like and just on the reels, mm. the highlights that are coming from that comp are unreal. I really hope Stan pick it up soon so we can watch oh, it. Oh, definitely. That'll be so good. Wait, what is it on at the moment? Uh, it's oh, The internet. It's on Sky. <laughs> yeah. Sky New Zealand it. do it. You've yeah. got to find on internet. Yeah, because yeah, I was trying to watch some games, hey, because um, when Quade Cooper, Will Genya were going oh, up yeah. against... Smith and Bodie. Yeah. And they lost again. Australians listen to those. <laughs> <laughs> Standard. Uh, and then on the Australian front, there's some trials this weekend. The Brumbies versus the Fiji and Drua. The Tars versus the Rebels. The Reds versus the Force at Ballymore. I'm actually calling that one tomorrow, which is kind of exciting. Oh, so it's good. Yeah, so tune on to that. Stan Sport, 3 p.m. Uh, the Reds. You look side for the Reds or Les Kiss coming in. Um, do you think they'll go right this year? I think they'll be better. Yeah. Um, I think last year they had a very sort of inexperienced tight five. And they've sort of strengthened themselves up in that. And then you also get Nongzi's obviously had a lot of experience now for World Cup. And yeah. you've got Hodgman and Nick's All Black coming in. Uh, you get another year of, we'll give him a shout out, another year of Tonga developing. Because yeah, yeah. he, he always gets missed in that propping group. Seth's still there. Um, Tumang Allen. Like, yeah. There's a lot of talent that's sort of come into that sort of tight five. And I think that will help them a lot. Do I think they're going to win? Probably not. I still think they've got a little bit more time to sort of get there. But I've only heard good things. From the boys about Leskis. Yeah, I think it's going to be real good. I saw um, Jordy Patea's named at 15 tomorrow. That's uh, good. They're really trying to push him in that 15 jersey, yeah. Because yeah. he played 13 for the whole World Cup. I think with a player like him, once he gets confidence, he'll be unstoppable. But it's just been, he's been on and off with all yeah. those injuries all throughout, you know, coming through. I, I just don't think he's a winger. Yeah. It's, it's not, not that he's not a good winger. He's just it's, it's sort of wasted He's there, wasted. Like, he's got so much potential. He's so dangerous with the ball in hand. Yeah. You need him in a 15, sort of 13 role to get the ball to him as much as you can because he makes things happen. Yeah. Like those type of players, there's, top, there's types of players that, you know, I've got one to my left for Bond. They make things happen. Yeah, X-Factors. Like, and you just need those guys with their yep. sort of hands on the ball. So hopefully, whether it's a 15 or 13 jersey, like he gets that sort of solidified this year for the Reds and sucks for someone like a, maybe a Jock Campbell. Yeah, I was yeah, going to say, because they got, obviously, Josh Flukes, 13. they got Jock sort of come back. Vinamala's Matt Grilly. Yeah, they got depth. I think oh, Floyd got the nod at the yeah, starting left wing. Starting. Yeah, the outside backs that they have a... Paisami, hopefully, will fit again. Yeah, Paisami's back. And they've also got good young 10s coming through. You've got Tommy oh, yeah. Liner. And I'm, I'm quite big on um, Harry McLaughlin, like, going against him and watching yeah, him in those... he was unreal. Those challenges games, like, playing yeah. against him. He was so good. Like, it just seems every level he goes to... He gets sort of better. better. Like he was like that at Oz Twenties. Yeah. Like the only thing is, I probably expect him to go away with them again this year. Yeah, like he's sure. still young, so who they give the nod to will be interesting. Well, Lawson Crichton's got first crack at it tomorrow. Lawson, which be interesting. Um, but yeah, they got, they got O'Connor there as Rabs well. Rabs is still there. Yeah. Like, I don't know what they're gonna do. Yeah, they have a lot of depth, but I mean, that's good. Yeah. That's 100%. what you want in a squad. Yeah. yeah. I think Lawson deserves a crack. He's been. It was really strong. He last was good year in the back end of that club. Yeah. Yeah. yeah oh my god. You know, going against like, Yeah. He's just. Bit of a weapon. Kicking game, eh? His IQ just on the footy is just... Yeah, pretty good. Uh, yeah, so that'll be good tomorrow. Um, so, yeah, we'll talk about more Super in a few weeks to come. But um, before we keep it moving, uh, 2024 predictions, boys. I want to hear some bold predictions. What do you think? I'm, I'm assuming you've done your research on this. You're all across it. Ray looks like he's never heard me tell me this. Bold predictions for, like, yeah. all rugby? Well, yeah, yeah. Just what do you... Whatever. Bond to win the QPR. Facts. Like it. Now we've got to have some confidence there, but... Um, bold prediction. Ooh, I'm trying to think of bold. Like my prediction for Super Rugby this year is the Chiefs, and that's not a fan thing. I just think 
after last year going down in that sort of final yeah. sort of picks them up. And if I was to make a bold prediction, it would be, I think the Crusaders fall down a bit this year. Okay. They're still going to be the Saders, yeah. but I don't think they're going to be that sort of top four team. I just think new coach, yeah. um, new 10. They lost a lot of experience. Like there's still a lot there, obviously, but it's how, how well do they adapt to a new coach? And I'm um, losing someone like Razor, who's sort of won seven titles with them in a row. Yeah. And then having a whole, all flipped on its head, I think can, sort of rattle the team a bit so I could see them slipping down the table for a bold sort of super rugby prediction Ryan? I reckon that the Reds will probably be one of the best teams in Australia this year okay nice and I'm hoping they are it would like, be good to see the Reds doing well again get Queensland back behind footy I agree for sure um, for me I'd like the fourth or the Rebels to make the top eight I reckon one of them will make it uh, Rebels obviously is a lot of off the field drama at the moment but Look at their squad. It's, yeah, their squad. It's, it's fucking good. So yeah. they need to deliver an arc. They might Shout out so. Josh Cannon. Yeah, he's getting his start Shout out weekend. Cohen Herbert. That's my boy. Oh, yeah. Cohen yeah, getting a, getting a nod off the bench. Yeah. yeah. How good is that? It's uh, about time. Yeah, he's a beast as well. He yeah. cut him south last year. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's for me. And then I think we may see uh, a return or the, the confirmation of a third tier comp this year for Rugby Australia. I'm hearing whispers oh, like of it. Oh, like an NRC sort of thing. Club championship. I'm going to keep hearing shit about it. So... Club hoping, championship, I reckon. Yeah, I think it'd be more club related. Like top four, something like each that. Year, I think that's good. the sort of best way to go. Yeah. Because it is so hard to start a whole new comp new, with new teams. Eight new franchises, no and, way. Don't do that. And get fans behind it. Like, there's no loyalty to that yeah. sort of... It has to be club-based. Yeah, like, yeah. I know, like, oh, New Zealand has it, South Africa has it. The Curry Cup and the NPC mm. has been around for, like, 100 years. Yeah. So, like, you can't expect to sort of start something at the flick of a finger and it sort of works and people get around it. So I think if you can get the clubs going, like imagine sort of, you know, look at like the Brisbane clubs, like Brothers and UQ and that have all been around for so long. They get pretty big crowds to their games as it is. And Shoot Shield. it's getting better as well. Shoot Shield's yeah. bigger again. Yeah. So if you get those, like people are going to go there and support their club because people wear their club on their sleeve. Yeah, like, 100%. Imagine seeing, you know, a Bond versus Sydney Uni or UQ versus Sydney. Like yeah. that would be huge, yeah. you know, so... Um, yeah, and you don't you don't really want to take away from club rugby at the moment because it's sort of the. I only think that's thing why that it's starting earlier. Yeah, this year, to have time in the back end of the calendar to do yeah. it. Yeah, um, oh, that'll be good. Yeah, that's yeah. oh, what I'm. That's my bold prediction. So I hope so for all of our sakes. To be honest, we hope yeah. Um, so yeah, so we'll see how we go there. And then uh, any final thoughts before before we wrap it up? I just think it's good to see um, sort of games, and how would rugby's put an emphasis on playing around the world and growing the game. Mm. Um, you see Jason Momoa, of all people, announced the All Blacks will be playing Fiji yeah. in San Diego. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. And then there's also whispers about um, USA possibly having a Super Rugby franchise in the next couple of years. Okay. So that'll be good to see. And hopefully we can get sort of so – I'd love Super Rugby to stay alive. It needs to. Like I know the Rebels are in a bit of heat. I've heard the Brumbies could also be in that sort of similar situation. Yeah. Um, so I hope that we can sort of keep those Aussie teams – and. Call, sort of expand Saudi call. Arabia. Yeah, yeah I was just about to say, maybe we go back to that private equity. Yeah, we have to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it loves a bit of private forced equity. Our hand. <laughs> We've been forced our hand. Um, all right, so before we finish, um, like all good podcasts, you see, we're just going to copy other ideas. And we're going to do a quiz, boys, for you oh, two. here we go. A bit of a oh, quiz. No. So a bit of a Six Nations-inspired quiz. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> between you two, let's see how this plays out. So question number one. Um, who, well, I need a buzzer for what, should, what are you going to yell out if you to answer? I don't think I'm going to... Why do I have to verse him? Because you two are the fucking guests. 
He knows everything. So do you, mate. Don't know. Okay, all right. Six Nations is hard. All right. Uh, who won the 2022 Six Nations? 2022. Was it Ireland? What's yours, answer? Uh, England. The correct answer was France. You no, know we France. suck. Damn it. Okay. Um, what is the uh, what is the best selling beer in the UK? A Guinness, B Stella Artois, uh, C Copenberg, or D Magnus? Is it bad? My head thought Heineken, and it wasn't even one of the answers. B Stella. Yeah. You? I'll go Guinness. Uh, B is correct. Retakes the lead. One nil. Um, name the stadium in Cardiff. <coughs> What's it called? I should know this from rugby OA. Cardiff Stadium. Anything? No. Okay. It was Millennium. Now it's Principality. Oh. Uh, okay. What colour is the England away jersey? What do you call yeah. that colour? Isn't it black? I was going to say like dark blue. Like a navy blue. It's a dark blue. Yeah. One yeah. apiece. Um, and finally, <laughs> what rugby player appeared on the Epstein list? What? No. <laughs> Rian Stowers. <laughs> Oh, actually, hang on, George Blake. <laughs> Kidding, oh, I'll leave that alone. Um, alrighty, so it's one apiece, we're locked up. It's a draw, so we're going to... Oh, did you just make that up? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I was going, oh, hang on. <laughs> I haven't seen the list yet. Um, I, need a, I need a tiebreaker question. Uh, what, what else can I got here? Um, okay, who... What else can I got here? No, nah, we won't. We'll get it next week. No, 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 tiebreaker. <laughs> tiebreaker. I'm trying to think of a question. Um... Who was the starting Wallaby number one in the last World Cup? Uh, uh, Bell. I think he's right. Go on. Uh, James Slipper. I think it was Slipper. I think he wore the one, didn't he? In the World Cup. Last no, game. Slips came off. The, oh, the last game. Yeah. He might have for the last game. Oh, yes. I thought you said World Cup. No. Winners no. win, baby. All right. We're, we're going to have to fix it. This, this is fucking good podcasting, this, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, righty, that's us for week number one. We'll keep this going for as long as you will have us. Uh, obviously, like, subscribe. Appreciate all the support. Helps us, you know, keep this thing going. Um, and, boys, we'll see you next week. We'll start talking some Super Rugby. How good? Yeah, yep. looking forward Can to you. it. Thanks, boys. See you soon.